Are you accepting it? No, of course no. not. Rubbish. The government is not accepting it. Welcome to Two Grumpy Hacks, the podcast. I'm Malcolm Farr, and of course, we're with Dennis Atkins. And this is the year of the fire hose of falsehood. Hello, and welcome to Two Grumpy Hacks, number number thirty-eight for this year of the fire hose of falsehoods, which has never been turned off all year. Um, now, Dennis. Uh, <clears throat> Who would have thought that uh, Scott Morrison would be stung in the political tail just because he was called a liar uh, from Glasgow to Rome to uh, to Canberra to Sydney? Um, <clears throat> he really is in some trouble in terms of personal standing with voters, according to a news poll just out today, Tuesday. Yes, he is. Yeah, he's... Um... He's been he's been marked down quite severely uh, across a range of measures, uh, and I, I mean if you, if you look at where he was, um, not just uh, a um, uh, just over a year ago, say sort of you know the middle of 2020, uh, but if you go back to the summer of uh, 2019, 2020, and, and he's dropped down quite dramatically from some pretty high numbers. And this is on uh, sort of understanding the major issues. He's he's come down uh, by a third uh, on caring for people. Uh, He's dropped down um, uh, by five points. Uh, He's dropped down by a similar margin on being decisive and strong. He's had a, a bit of a bump down on having a vision for Australia. Uh, he's um, sort of remained steady on being arrogant, which uh, you know, I, I think uh, I think many people would agree with that. Um, yeah. And uh, he's taken a real whack on the uh, what what are what are regarded by pollsters as as things that uh, you need, not just pollsters but also political operatives, are, are, are characteristics that you need if you're going to. Uh, have a chance of succeeding in the election and their likability. He's dropped there from 64% in the middle of last year to just 47% now. And on that issue of trustworthiness, he's crashed by a third from 59% to just over 40% now. Uh, people don't trust him. Uh, so maybe uh, Emmanuel Macron uh, was on to something uh, when he said that he didn't think he knew. It looks like the Australian public, many of them, they don't think they know too. Yes, yes. Look, look Scott Morrison's heading towards being the worst, on these metrics, the worst uh, Prime Minister since Tony Abbott, which is not something you put on your business card. Um, look, uh, he, he seems to know that there's been, well, what I might call the, um, the failure of flim-flam. He... Uh, uh, he hasn't succeeded with all his uh, all his attempts to to uh, bolster his image over the past couple of weeks, um, and and flimflam failure uh, will not mean that he won't continue with that sort of process. He, look, he's not just mining coal votes; he's 
he's digging into that that grubby seam of discontent uh, erupting against lockdowns and mandatory vaccinations, etc. Uh, and we've had his rather daft utterances about fr- uh, freedom, which is simply echoing um, the chants of some of some of the rallies we've seen in Sydney and Melbourne and elsewhere, uh, and of, of governments not telling people what to do, which, of course, they do, including yes, his. And, yeah, yeah, absolutely, and, you know, yeah. I mean, the uh, trite... Sorry, yeah. Uh, you know, just, uh, just getting to the trite slogan he had of uh, can-do uh, capitalism. Is he hoping to, to ride the cranky vibe at the next election to get out of this uh, uh, kerfuffle over his character that uh, is there at the moment? I'm not sure he's trying to ride it at the next election, but he, he's trying to sort of deal with a few of these things at the moment. He, he's, um, you know, yes, he, he is crying freedom, you know, sort of, uh, you know, he's sounding like Richie Havens at, um, at Woodstock, you know. Um, <laughs> Uh, but not not as not as much in tune, uh, you know. But um, yeah, yeah. It, it's like he sort of gets up in the morning, he reads a Clive Palmer ad, and he goes out and shouts it. You know, it, it is quite <laughs> extraordinary. Uh, you know, his his sort of sudden uh, sort of discovery of uh, the fact that that uh, you know some some people uh, don't like the government sort of. Uh, telling people what to do, you know, well, that's always been a part of life. However, you know, over the last year or so, governments have spent a hell of a lot of time telling people what to do. There has been a bit of a pushback, especially uh, after we had that sort of winter of lockdowns, especially in uh, Australia's two largest cities, Sydney and Melbourne. Uh, and I think he's sort of picked up a, a, a fair bit of that and and he's trying to... Um, you know, sort of, you know, get uh, uh, get in sync with some of those discontented uh, people who who might think that he's um, been a bit too uh, in a city with his emissions trading thing. And at the same time, he's letting Barnaby Joyce, who's the Deputy Prime Minister of Australia, run around and say, look, yes, uh, Australia might have signed up to this thing in Glasgow, the... Uh, uh, the COP26 agreement, but we didn't sign up to it. We, we, we're the nationals. We, you know, we, we may be the junior partner in the coalition and I may be the deputy prime minister, but we didn't sign anything. It, I mean, that, yeah, that was it, just it, remarkable, did not it? It, it? it didn't pass yeah. the laugh test. I mean, you had to giggle when you heard him say that. Yeah, yeah. And at the same, and as you said, you know, sort of, uh, you know, he, he, he's been saying that interest rates will go up petrol prices will go up if you vote Labor. I mean, all of this is sort of absurd on one level, but it's politics at its most, you know, fleetingly brutal. It's sort of, you go out and you sort of whack something and then you run away and and hope people go, shit, you know, (laughs) interest rates are going to go up. Oh, I'm I'm afraid. Uh, You know, and, and... So you get people's attention for a very short amount of time. You deliver a very brutal... Uh, blunt message, and then you move on to the next one. Um, and you know, it can work. Will it work uh, for Scott Morrison? Uh, we'll see. I mean, you know, his 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 uh, his characteristics, as um, outlined in this news poll uh, this week, 
suggests that he's going to have a, a bit of trouble with it. But uh, uh, he's, you know, to uh, to use a advertising phrase, he's throwing everything at it. He certainly is, including Scary Scott, as uh, as you've outlined there, talking about uh, what would happen to interest rates and petrol prices and Lord knows what else under Labor. Um, he 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 says this at the same time as uh, Peter Dutton, the Defence Minister, seems to be talking up war with China uh, with a certain amount of enthusiasm. Uh, it, it, it it's a very difficult. Um, scare to to maintain because it starts to affect uh, economic performance if you if you keep telling people that we could be going to war at any moment but uh, uh, scary Scott and uh, uh, dangerous Dutton uh, seem to be trying that and just going to we'll, we'll go to labor in, in, in a tick but one telling uh, moment uh, for me anyway was last Thursday on Channel 9's breakfast TV program, um, the, the Prime Minister was asked about uh, Labor policies on um, 2030. Uh, and he said, nobody knows what their policies are. Um, and he said, quote, because, you know, it's after COP26 now. Still don't know what their 2030 target is. Now, as I said, this is Thursday morning. COP26 had another three days to go before it finished. But in the mind of Johnson, uh, he had left Glasgow, therefore the show was over, which to me is an indication that he only went there so he could get photographed in, in Glasgow. You know, look at me, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm concerned about climate change. When he really just wanted the photo opportunity, he brought nothing fresh, had no contribution to the broader debate certainly not in a positive sense, nothing to advance policy at all. Uh, and uh, he, he was happy enough uh, uh, with that situation because he could come back and say, oh, of course I was there, look at the photos. Uh, I, I, I wonder, though, whether that is going to work against uh, Anthony Albanese and Labor. Going back to those uh, news poll figures, it's not as if there's an overwhelming endorsement of um, uh, Albo uh, in the face of the down marking of Scott Morrison. Is he got some troubles as well? Well, he has, if you look at these numbers. I mean, uh, if, if, you know, we've talked about the fact that, that Scott Morrison's uh, ratings on a, a range of characteristic, characteristics uh, have eroded over the last, uh, you know, 18, 24 months, um, and some of those quite tellingly. But the problem for Anthony Albanese and um, Labor is that the opposition leaders' uh, uh, ratings on these characteristics have eroded as well. On, on being likeable, uh, Mr Albanese has dropped from 56% to 50%. That's from the uh, summer of bushfires up until now. On being trustworthy, well, he's sort of uh, he's come down about five points, so about ten percent in, in in overall terms, so from forty nine percent to forty four percent. And uh, on being in touch with voters, he's dropped from fifty percent to forty six percent. Now you would think that that a opposition leader who who was working effectively against a prime minister who was on the slide would increase 
their ratings in those sort of key areas. Uh, and Anthony Albanese hasn't. Um, so there is a problem with him. And I think, you know, I think Labor knows that there's a problem with him, but they also realise that there's nothing they can do about it. You know, they, you know uh, I don't think, well, you can never say never. Let's let's not forget uh, how Bob Hawke replaced, um, you know, Bill Hayden uh, as um, uh, Malcolm Fraser was racing Pierre Lumler to call an election. Uh, you know, we're not. That's not going to happen again. And there's no Bob Hawke sort of sitting around in the wings. But you know, so you never, you know, you, you never rule everything out. But I think we can rule out most things, and most things would include a change of leadership in Labor before the election. Um, so you know, Anthony Albanese could be a, a drag on the Labor vote as much as Scott Morrison is a drag on the coalition's vote. I, th I think that we've got two quite unpopular leaders, two quite uh, ineffective and insubstantial leaders um, who, who are sort of pulling their party vote down. And, and uh, you know, no wonder the bookies have got them both at about $1.97. Uh, you know, it's, it's sort of, you know, anybody might win and anybody might lose. Yeah, insubstantial. I think that's a, a, a ringing term. Uh, and look, look, I agree. I, I don't think either party is going to toss out their leader at this point. So are we in a situation which is favouring even more um, the uh, non-major party candidates, uh, independents and uh, even the, uh, the loopy followers of, uh, uh, of the United Australia Party? And, um, the, yeah, the, uh, well, I don't have, to, don't have to name them for you. You, you know some of those, uh, some of those rather uh, interesting characters. Is this their election coming up? Well, it could be. I mean, you know, the, the, the chances of these people, these sort of third party candidates, independents and, uh, and fringe dwellers, uh, they're often talked up uh, and more often than not, they don't meet uh, their own expectations. Um, so I, I tend to sort of put a fair bit of scepticism on their chances. Uh, but I think there are a few um, community minded independents uh, who are going after uh, moderate liberals in metropolitan seats uh, who, who may cause some nervousness um, come election time. Uh, and I think that's where uh, there, there could be some real trouble for the government because you could end up then with um, you know, a, 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 uh, neither of the major parties getting a majority and, and a group of uh, pretty oddball uh, you know, in in the nicest possible way, I, I'm using that word. A group of oddball, <laughs> odd, oddball characters, singular, yeah, who who may may take a bit of cat herding. Yeah, look, look. Just finally, going back to this phrase, uh, "can do capitalism." Mm. Which is which is it's just you know, right. hold it up to the light and you can see right through. It. There's there's nothing there, but I, it, it possibly is is vying with one other phrase that the the liberals have mm. come up with for notoriety as being crap. Could you uh, inform us what that other phrase was? Yes, yes. When I first heard of it, I, I thought, gee, that's a terrible, 
uh, slogan. It reminded me of one in 1987 that John Howard launched at the start of the campaign in 1987 when he was up against Bob Hawke. And he appeared on stage with this big banner behind him, which said, in, incentivate, yes, <laughs> which was a com combination of um, incentive and motivation. And he thought it was fantastic. He loved it. Uh, uh, you know, Bob Hawke ridiculed it with one line where he said that uh, sounds like something you do to a cat. And, <laughs> and that was it. It killed it off. We never heard from it again. Uh, I was told I was told at the time by one of Howard's people that, uh, oh, mate, it was never going to work. Jeanette hated it, uh, referring to Bob, uh, John Howard's um, uh, very savvy uh, spouse, Jeanette. <laughs> So she yeah. thought it was a terrible idea, and it was. <laughs> so, it was. Um, yeah. It, yeah, can do capitalism is up there with it, though, I, I, I would suggest. Look, um, we hope that uh, all you folks tuning in, hope you're listening to this podcast has been incentivation enough, and uh, we shall do so again next week. In the meantime, it's goodbye from him. And it's goodbye from me in motivation.